Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, guys, welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us. Really am uh, super glad that you're here. And this podcast would not be pop, uh, possible uh, without faithful listeners and watchers uh, like you. Viewers, I guess would be the word. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, so many uh, more uh, listen than watch. So I understand it's, it's just easier to listen uh, and what I do, by the way, when I listen to podcasts, and you might want to try this, is play it on a faster speed. So my voice and my cadence, uh, it's very possible to just put it on a two times speed. And so you can listen to this podcast in half the time. Now, if you're listening on radio, you can't do that. And if you're watching uh, uh, on the video, I don't think you can do that there, but if you're listening on podcast, you can do that. Even one and a half times uh, speed, I think, helps and it gives you a little bit more time. I um, have a coffee cup today, and it's my faith does not make things easy. It makes them possible. See that mug right there? Let me tell you what I love about this mug. It is huge. See, it's kind of got that bell shape. And so toward the bottom, there's more uh, capacity. So I love a large mug. I just do. The Keurig coffee maker has all those different settings. And I like to be able to hit the strong button and then the, the, the largest capacity setting. And put a little bit of cream in there. That's a perfect cup of coffee. I mean, not that Keurig is perfect, but I mean, it's perfect cup of coffee as far as the volume of coffee, and that mug does a great job. Okay, Revelation chapter 13, and we are in verse number 15 uh, of our text today. So, Lord willing, we'll finish the chapter. We're talking about a leader in the future uh, whom the Bible calls later on in the, in the book of Revelation, the false prophet, uh, here in Revelation chapter 13, he's called the second beast. And we pointed out a couple things about him already. First of all, we pointed out that uh, he'll come in like a lamb, so innocent enough, uh, of like a religious person, um, harmless, and yet has great power. Uh, so a person that has great influence and power. Uh, and religion, by the way, is great power. And then not only great power, but someone who speaks like a dragon. So he'll have the agenda of the message of the devil himself. And in that sense, have uh, great power given to him, empowered by Satan. And then the Bible teaches that his role will be not to bring attention to himself necessarily, but to point to and bring attention to Antichrist, much like the Holy Spirit with great power, uh, brings attention not to himself, but to Christ. So we pointed out that, that Satan is the great counterfeiter. And many of the earth's population will be deceived by the fact that he can do miracles and do these wonders and these signs. And the, the, the most notable of which was the fact that it seemed like Antichrist had died. 
and was resurrected. Now, did he literally die? I don't believe so. But the point is, the devil is counterfeiting even the gospel itself, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Look, if you would now at verse uh, 15, speaking more about the power of the false prophet, and remember the image of the beast, whatever that is, the Bible says in verse 15, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. See, that's why I believe that whatever the image of the beast is, whether that's one image in one place or whether that's an image, like a flag is an image or an idol is an image, and you can have a flag in every city. You can have a flag at every house. You can have a, an idol in every church. You know, So the image of the beast might refer to a replica of the beast, of the of, of something that stands for the kingdom, but, but maybe replicates the Antichrist himself. And the Bible says that the false prophet is able to, to give uh, life to the image of the beast, almost to make it come alive. So, wow, I mean, even doing some reading today about AI and, you know, can you tell the difference between uh, what's real and what's not real? And those that are, are into AI, artificial intelligence, will tell you that very soon there's coming a day when it'll be almost impossible to tell, am I speaking to a real person or not? Is that a real entity there or not? So it's very plausible in my thinking, and I'm not making any predictions, and I certainly don't know, so I'm not being dogmatic, but it's very plausible to see how a world would be duped by, wow, you know, this, this Antichrist has power to come to life uh, in, in our own home, in, a, in our own community, in our own place of worship. Wow. And the, anti, and the false prophet will be at the epicenter of all of this, uh, pulling the strings as the puppet master. Look at verse number 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Excuse me, I've got something in my, there we go. I don't know if that was a peanut or something I had in my mouth there. Sorry about that. But uh, so, wow. So that the, the image of the beast can speak. And then the Bible says, and who would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So whatever this image is, it's an image that everyone is going to have accessibility to. It's, it's going to be one that is going to be available for everyone to hear. And it's going to be a, lo a local thing. So whether that's through the internet or whether that's uh, through uh, a number of different replica uh, replicas of the, the actual person of the beast, maybe it'll be uh, an image that's so believable and so lifelike that no one will know who the real, where the real one is. So if this is the image of the beast, no one will know, am I speaking to him really? Is this really him? Or is he the one in New York? Or he is the one in Shanghai? Is he the one in London? Is he the one in my town? Is he the one that comes to my house? So in worshiping the beast, you know, who am I worshiping? Am I, am I really worshiping him? Are they all him? Do they all have life? Can you see how confusing and yet how controlling this would be? 
The Bible says that it will be the death sentence on anybody that does not listen to, honor, worship, give wholehearted obedience to the beast. How insidious. Look at verse number 16. And he, so still talking about the second beast or the false prophet, he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond or slaves, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. So we, we talked about the mark of the beast. So there will be some special way by which the beast gives all people the prerogative, but really the order to identify with him. So a mark in the forehead, the forehead obviously is a very prominent place, or the Bible says um, in, uh, in, the right, in the right hand. So the right hand would be the hand of dominance, the hand where you would do your work and it would be noticeable. So in other words, a mark in a very noticeable place uh, whereby people then can identify or not identify with uh, the Antichrist, ultimately with Satan. So Satan is expecting for his followers to identify. And he's saying, in order for you to truly worship me, you must show that you are not ashamed to identify with me publicly. Matter of fact, it's in that identification that you will receive privilege, uh, privilege to buy and sell, privilege to operate within the scope of my kingdom. Uh, to be in my kingdom, you must identify with me. To have the prerogatives of my kingdom, you must publicly demonstrate your loyalty to me. Again, is not Satan the great counterfeiter? Because that's exactly what God expects of us. God the Father, who has sent his son Jesus, the Holy Spirit who points to Jesus, expects for us to identify with him. How do we identify with him? We identify with him in baptism. To say, I am publicly affirming and identifying that I belong to Jesus and I intend to follow him. I identify with him in his death, in his resurrection. So again, here the mark of the beast is simply another step in this counterfeit process of the devil for these people on planet earth during the great tribulation. Now look at verse number 17. And and by the way, the, the mark of the beast is for red and yellow, black and white, old and young, rich and poor, male and female, a bond and free. This is one size fits all. Just like God has provided for us a salvation that is one size fits all. Just like God expects for all men to come unto Christ and everyone should identify with him in baptism. So the devil is making this a, a universal appeal for all to follow him. Verse number 17, the Bible says, and that no man might buy or sell save that he has that mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. In other words, in one of these ways, he must show his solidarity with, his identity with Antichrist uh, by this mark, this public mark 
to buy and sell. And I know that down through the years, everyone's had their theory, what is the mark of the beast? Is it a chip that's implanted in our hand, in our forehead? Is it a uh, a notable sign on the outside? Is it just the DNA structure? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But the point is, it is identifiable. And it's a way by which people can uh, have access to buying and selling, whether it be online or on site. There will be no way to participate in the world economy outside of identifying with uh, the beast. Uh, we've seen this throughout history. Even back in the first century, uh, there was the, uh, the, the mark that was given, uh, and you couldn't buy or sell without worshiping the, em- the emperor and receiving uh, that, uh, that, that, uh, that symbol that you have uh, identified with him. So uh, this has been true down through the ages, uh, that, that the devil wants to identify, wants people to identify with him just as God wants uh, us to identify with him. Remember, even in the extermination of the Jews uh, in World War II, Hitler made the Jews identify themselves as being other than uh, German, other than the, the enemies of the state, wearing the uh, uh, wearing the Star of David. So th- this, there's nothing new under the sun. Look at verse number 18 in closing. Here is wisdom. So in other words, understand this. Understand what God is saying here. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man or of a man, his number is 600, three score, and six, 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 six. So is there something to be said about will the number 666 be upon a person's uh, forehead or hand? Maybe, you know, maybe some there'll be some kind of a barcode that will indicate that. We don't know. I think the point here is that the best that the devil can do is to try to make man all that he can be and should be outside of God. In other words, uh, 666 is the best man can do. You know, seven is the number of God. Uh, six is the number of works. Six, man, six days is a man of work, but the seventh day he rests. And so the point here is that a man is standing in opposition to God. Man is standing in solidarity with Satan. 666, the Trinity, uh, the, the, the six, the trinity of sixes, the trinity of the best that man can be, uh, the best that Satan can offer. Uh, what a sad commentary that God wants to give us perfection, but that perfection is only found in Christ. The rest is only found in Christ. Work and effort and man's perfection is satanic, really, at its core. So, uh, and, and there's much I could say about this. The, the image of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, remember that image was 60 cubits high. It was six cubits wide. I mean, you look at the Bible and see that the best efforts of man, the best kingdoms of man, uh, all the six kingdoms of, of, of the world power, everything that man can do, even at his best, always comes short of God, even when Satan gets involved. And so let's learn, let's beware, let's understand that even today, we need God and we need what God can do in our lives. Even our best is a failure. 
Uh, we need Christ and Him alone. So I hope that helps today. I know I rambled a bit, but we're going to jump into a brand new chapter next episode, chapter number 14. I think you'll like it. Stay tuned. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.